Okay, guys, welcome to another WMBF UK podcast with myself, Leo Mitchell, WMBF UK pro. And today's guest, we got the one, the only, Martin Lamont in the building. Martin, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm, I'm really well, buddy. I'm really well. I'm ecstatic to have you on the show and to talk through your journey, man. It's going to be a, an amazing chat. I'm excited uh, to get on. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. So, Martin... Um, you know, let's get into it. Tell us a little bit about, you know, who is Martin Lamont? Give us that background, buddy. Um, bodybuilding background is had a bit of a strange uh, introduction into bodybuilding, really. Um, I mean, I was working just as a kind of leisure attendant in a leisure centre back home. And it was the boss at the gym at the time was a bit of an old school bodybuilder. So basically, I was eating too much, drinking too much, partying at the weekends the way a 19-year-old normally does. Uh, and he was like, oh, why don't you come and train with me one day? So I thought, oh, yeah, I'll do that easy enough. And uh, basically he just took me into the gym and nearly killed me a few times. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a bit of a baptism of fire to training. Um, but it kind of lit the fire for like me in terms of going to the gym and enjoying training and how it made me feel outside that. Nice. So basically I trained with him for a few years. That was from when I was 19, maybe till... Uh, early 20s anyway and mm-hmm. probably a couple of years down the line he was like well why don't you just take the plunge and go and do a competition at the point you know I'm like me do that not a chance um, yeah. you know at this point I was training but I was still doing the weekend stuff as well you know yeah uh, having a lot more to drink than I should say so, hey, eating crap <laughs> enjoying life right enjoying life right yeah exactly um so Eventually, I'm just like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to do it. So I'm one of these people, if I commit to something, I'm 100% in. Um, so committed to doing my first show. About Must have been a, a good nine months prep, maybe, for it. Never really had much idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the usual really low carbs, hammer and cardio, everything all at once. Yeah. Uh, it was a bit of a struggle, finished third in a novice class in the Scottish in my first year, but it kind of lit the fire for me a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Went down to the British, this would have been 2013 was my first competitive season. Um, so went down to the British, got absolutely hammered. Like I was, <laughs> I, they don't place it beyond the sixth, but I think yeah, if they yeah. did, I was dead last, you know. Um, but it was a total eye-opener as to where the standard lay. Uh, just the difference between doing a Scottish qualifier to a British yeah. championships, uh, the jump in standard is incredible. So did that, really enjoyed it, loved the process, uh, and I enjoyed how I felt by dieting, if you know what I mean. Like, dieting's a tough process, but when I had that comparison of what I felt like when I was out partying at weekends, uh, eating takeaways all the time, I felt so much better. I felt like what 100% should feel like. Um, so, as I just let the fire in terms of bodybuilding. Nice. Okay, man. That's that's a that's a great way of getting into bodybuilding, and I think a lot of us can relate to that to that story. To be honest, you know, often influenced by someone just externally, kind of seeing our progress and just kind of you know just kind of saying, hey, why don't you you know give it a, give it a go? So take us back to some of your early inspirations for bodybuilding. Obviously. You know, there would have been some people that you would have felt, man, that, what an amazing physique. I'd love to have something like that or be able to kind of bring a package which was very similar. So who was your early inspirations? 
It's so early to say, but I mean, that first year I did the Scottish was 2013. Uh, at that time, you all know Andrew Chappelle was quite a big influence in the BNBF at the time. Um, obviously, seeing him competing with the likes of Rob Waterhouse as well, uh, David Kay, obviously, we were just incredible natural physiques. In terms of the wider spectrum of bodybuilding, obviously I was, uh, Jay Cutler was just incredible back when I was just getting into the sport, you know. Um, it was likes of Jay Cutler at the Olympia label. Um, later on from that, though, in my eyes, probably the most complete physique that's been in bodybuilding since has been Phil Heath, dominated for so many years. Um, but in terms of influences in terms of bodybuilding, I said my old boss, Mike, um, bodybuilder himself back in the day, He's, uh, he's the one that kind of brought it up to that. I'm from Stranraer, which is a very small corner in Scotland. And it was as if like he brought bodybuilding to that area. Oh, nice. Uh, and it's, I said, it's a tiny, small town. I've since moved up to Glasgow. Yeah. Um, but it's a tiny, small town in the corner of uh, Scotland. But it's produced Scottish champions, uh, world champion bodybuilders, mm-hmm. British champion bodybuilders, all from a tiny area in Scotland. And that's all down to Mike, to be totally honest with you. He brought that sport and that very niche sport to a small area of Scotland. So, yeah, massive influence and myself and many others in the area. That's good. That's good, man. But yeah, we like those like local heroes that kind of go on to motivate and inspire a generation of people to come through and, you know, push through the sport. So that's really exciting to hear. Yeah, so talk to me about that first prep experience, because I think a lot of people, you know, stepping into or even kind of thinking about competing, they're kind of thinking, well, I've heard about this prep, 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 prep. What, what does prep actually feel like? What is prep life? And I mean, your first prep versus your last prep is going to be totally different, right? Because as you go through the prep cycles and do many different preps, you're going to advance the way how you do things, right? So talk to me about that first prep experience. Right. Go down, Martin. First prep, I kind of, I was seeking advice from everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, I'm saying, Mike, my boss, was uh, competed back in the day. There was another guy, two or three other competitors in Stranraer at the time. So I was asking for advice of everybody. And, you know, I was just kind of trying to piece it together myself for help. Everybody was all helping me. Um, but my first prep was very low carbs. <laughs> Little to no carbs. Yeah, uh, went then for a phase towards the end of it where I carb cycled. So I had like a thousand grams of carbs one day and then like hardly any for the rest of the week, like little to none for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I wasn't even directly calorie counting much then. Um, whereas in subsequent preps, it's all went down towards that route of counting your calories as being your main focal point and yeah. then distributing up your protein, carbs and fats within that. Whereas the first time I was total novice to the whole thing. Uh, it was just like, no carbs, no carbs, lots of carbs one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was pretty tough. It was, I don't know why, how I ever done it again, having done it that way. Because <laughs> how I felt when I was doing it that way, it was horrible. Yeah. Uh, anybody that's done a low to zero carb diet, it's not nice. So that was my first prep. Second mm-hmm. time round, I competed again in 2015. In that gap between 13 and 15, I'd done my PT qualification, done my level two gym instructor qualification. I've educated myself a little bit. Yes, um, so uh, 2015 was a lot of more higher carb approach. It was still a bit more what you would call bro, if that makes sense. You know, it's very chicken and rice oriented, but it was a lot higher in carbs. So I felt so much better. Yeah. My energy in the gym, training was better, but also found it took you a lot longer to get in shape by maintaining a higher 
caloric intake and maintaining higher carbs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so as a result of that, in my first couple of competitions I did in 2015, I was miles off the pace. You know, my condition was nowhere near point. Mm-hmm. Um, but hammered down towards the end of the 2015 season, I won uh, my first bodybuilding competition, which was the BMBF Midlands qualifier. Um, so won that. But again, went to the British, got my ass handed to me a bit. Uh, but again, just pushed me on, pushed me on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, since then, I've competed in 2017, 2018, and 2021. Nice. So that's basically been all my seasons that I've done as a competitor. So it's quite a few now. So I see myself as quite an experienced competitor. Uh, and everyone since has always been a much higher carbohydrate approach. Mm-hmm. Um, 2021 has probably been, in fact, definitely been the highest calories I've maintained throughout. Uh, <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head, um, especially that with obviously like, you know, your first year's approach, you're kind of just seeking information from everyone, right? Because you're kind of like one person will have this approach, another person will have that approach and you're just like a sponge, right? Because you're getting into the sport. So you're like, oh, that big guy said do this. So that must be gospel. Oh, that other bigger guy that was bigger than the other guy said to do that. So then before you know it, you're like, ah, and you're trying multiple things, right? Yeah. So when you actually land up on stage, it, it, there was no solid approach. It was just a, a conversation <laughs> of different people's, you know, advice. Exactly. And it's also made me realise something as well that I've, I've probably been more acutely aware of since I've started helping other uh, competitors is people that prep or do prep assisted compared to people that prep or do prep naturally they can take very widely varying approaches. I often feel that people that are assisted get away with a lot more nutritionally. Yeah. And have the higher calories much higher and they can also drop them much lower for a longer period of time without sacrificing muscle. Yeah. You know, and I, th- I think that's the biggest thing as well. So a lot of people from the outside, when they don't understand the difference between a, a non-assisted athlete and an assisted athlete, and they see two different approaches, but they don't know the backstory, right? Yes. So they just think, okay, cool. This guy on YouTube saying that he consumes over 6,000 calories. Okay, but he looks shredded as hell. But there's, there's a big difference. So I think as... You know, people coming into competing and prepping for the for the first time, it's all about you know making sure that you validate your your sources. You know what I mean? Yeah, Make that's, sure that you that's get exactly it. from the relevant people within a similar field that you're going into. So if you're a natural, look for your naturals. Some of the pros that have done it for many years and they are naturals. You know what I mean? And if you're going on the sister side, look that way, kind of thing. Exactly. And you said there, the guy that's walking around shredded eating six thousand calories. He could well be six foot five and walking around shredded at 98 kilos. You yeah. know what I mean? If you're sitting there five foot two, you're not going to be able to eat 6,000 calories and remain shredded. It's, it's, just, it's just mad out there. But I think, you know, there's certainly lessons to be learned from your first prep all the way through to your last prep. And oh, yeah. Even for myself, it's, it's that continuous learning journey and understanding, you know, the smallest things every step and just documenting that as well. That's exactly it. I mean, I, I don't think every... Although since my first, all my other preps have been that much higher carbohydrate diet approach, none have been the same. You know, the amount of cardio I've done has varied massively from year to year. Um, I said my food choices has varied a little bit from year to year. It's Everyone's always evolved and changed. It's about learning every year and seeing what you can take from that mm-hmm. as a positive and what you find didn't really work yeah. and take that into your next year. That's, how, that's the only way you can improve. And Bodybuilding as a sport is about continuous improvement. 
100%, 100%. And obviously you've got a young family yourself, right? So how, how did you manage prep um, with having a young family, especially, the, you know, of, of recent? Because you've got a little girl. How old is she? If you don't mind me asking. Two. She turned two last week. Okay, so she's two. So you would have done some preps throughout those various different stages of her life, right? Yeah, well, because I took a break from 2018, um, 2021, this was my first year prepping with a family, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot more challenging than I'd probably thought. I mean, the first, you know yourself when you do a prep, there's stages. The yeah. first stage, when you're just beginning, you've still got a bit of body fat. Your energy levels aren't too bad. You're not hammering cardio. You're not um, You're not getting crazy lean. Your energy levels are still good. Your hormone balance is still good. So the vast majority of the prep was absolutely fine. But what mm-hmm. I did find, and it probably hit me quite hard, was the last three or four months when from really obviously I did the bit WMBF show as my primary one this year the month running into it was quite tough and then you obviously had the time between there and going to Vegas yeah. where you're you're in shape you're lean you're still having to push mm-hmm. um, but you've not got much in the tank what I found with that is I'm a morning guy so in the mornings my energy levels are great yeah my little girl Zara in the evenings, she's bouncing about wanting to play, and I'm just, <laughs> you know, so it's like really try kind of summon energy to be energetic dad at night, as well as I, I mean, I'm lucky, I'm lucky in the sense that she's a very good sleeper. <laughs> I hear some stories about kids that just do not sleep, and I, I don't know if I would actually have made it through my prep if I didn't. Get <laughs> You're a lucky guy, buddy. Lucky guy. <laughs> But, but that's good. I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there and I think with when it comes to prep and even considering even to go on stage, there's a lot of things you need to take into consideration. And family is one of those and the people around you, right? And even your work environment, because I think sometimes when we, we do prep, prep is, is, is for ourselves, right? It's for us, right? Exactly. But it affects so many people around us. So we've got to be taking into consideration, you know, their thoughts and their feelings as well. Because, you know, going into work, you, you, your mood shifts are going to be shifting depending on where your energy levels are that day, you know what I mean? So get into, bring people along, along the journey, but educate them along the way is really a great way of getting through prep. And I think especially having a young family as well, that's going to be, you know, you've got to balance it. You've got to find the time to juggle it. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. I- I wrote something similar after my roundup of uh, the World Championship post. Mm-hmm. Bodybuilding's a selfish sport, but it's about sacrifices. I'm not a bodybuilder that will bitch and moan that I don't get to eat a burger. Poor me, I don't get to eat burgers. That's yeah. my choice. You know, mm-hmm. I'm choosing to do this as a sport. I'm choosing not to have takeaways at the weekends. That's my choice. But yeah. what it isn't, it's not my choice of my wife or my, my little girl. You know, and they miss out on a lot of things because you're dieting and because you're competing. That yeah. is, that's not their choice. That's something that they are willing to live with for you. So it's a sacrifice they are willing to make for you, which is it's tough at times because you see them maybe missing out on things because of the choice you're making to compete. But as you said, it's a selfish sport. You've got to kind of be uh, self-motivated and almost self-obsessed to a point to get to that level. Yeah. When you mentioned work there as well, I'm very lucky in the sense where I'm a gym manager. Um, the gym that I work in is a bodybuilding gym. Uh, they understand. They get it. Uh, they're extremely <laughs> supportive of me. Yeah. Um, so a big shout out to Pro Life Fitness. <laughs> They've been massive supporters of me nice. um, in terms of the sport as a whole as well. Mm-hmm. 
See, that, I think that's really nice, especially when you're working in an environment, again, where people understand it, it just makes it a lot more easier just to stay focused on your end goals. Um, I think sometimes some people get it, some people just don't get it. Um, you get a lot of questions along the way, like, oh, why are you starving yourself or all of those kind of things? And you're like, oh, you've got to explain that again. You know, oh, man. Like, you know I'll, my previous job was a, it was much more of a kind of higher end health club environment. Yeah. And one of the members actually spoke to another member of the management team because they were genuinely concerned about my health. <laughs> 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 the guy, the guy's lovely as well. He's such a yeah. nice member. But uh, yeah, had a word with one of the other managers because he was genuinely worried about my health because of <laughs> they raised a red flag on your on your welfare, buddy. I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. The members have definitely got your back. So, buddy, talk to me about you know the lead up into the WMBF UK um, Supernatural show. Um, what what made you decide that you wanted to compete in that show? Oh man. It's just the WMBF as a federation globally. You know, that's what kind of drew me there. Uh, I've previously competed with other federations. I've not been tied down to one. You know, I've kind of bounced about two or three different ones. Um, but when I seen WMBF UK, I, was, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. WMBF as a global brand, they're huge. You know, like they rotate their world championships around major cities in America, which I knew was my goal going into it. Before, yeah. I, before I selected WMBF as my priority, um, I knew that would be my goal is to qualify for the World Championships. Nice, nice. When I seen WMBF was in Vegas, that kind of sealed the deal a little bit in that sense. <laughs> I think it sealed the deal with a lot of people. Everyone's like, oh, you yeah, know what? Absolutely. It's been a crappy year, but hey, there seems like a golden ticket floating at the WMBF UK. And exactly. And everyone's for it. So... Yeah. So, how, so, so tell, talk us about the WMBF UK show and how it went down for you and how you found it. You I actually loved it. To be honest, I spoke to Andrew and Steph who are doing some posing clinics in my gym where I'm working. So, you, so I've been chatting to them a little bit about the setup and whatnot. And uh, it's just got me dead excited about what they planned for the WMBF and how they wanted to, to grow. So obviously the first year round is a gamble for anybody to set up a new federation in bodybuilding let alone given the current climate with COVID and restrictions and things like that. But so I was excited going into it. Um, but I went down there. I, I said my family came down with me. had my mother-in-law down as well, so they can entertain Zara while I was competing. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Rewind, rewind, rewind. You brought your mother-in-law to a posing <laughs> session. Wow. Yeah, man. Honestly, she's a godsend, man. Absolutely. If I could have afforded to bring her to Vegas, I would have brought her to Vegas as well. <laughs> yeah, so she was able to entertain my little girl Zara while um while I competed. My wife gets probably more stressed than I do on competition day. So if she's not having to worry about Zara, that's one less thing for her as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, went down, stayed for a few days. The venue itself was incredible. I felt for sometimes the uh, the guys that were helping out because competitors don't help them man just be where you need to be that's all we need to do as competitors be where you need to be uh, can, uh, I, can, I just, can I just hold my hand up I think I was one of the guys when they say can all the competitors come back <laughs> were you one of the ones that were chasing yeah, yeah one of me <laughs> uh, yeah I said the Crescent Theatre and then when I went, when I went on the staging and the setup, just it looked just so professional yeah. you know that's, that's one word I would describe the WNBF UK would just be professional everything about it you felt like a professional athlete even though we we're in the amateur classes or well, you were at the time not anymore 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, we're in as an amateur sport, but you walk in and it's professionalism from the first moment of weighing in and checking in in the morning to the presentation towards the end. You know, absolute professionalism. Nice, nice. And what? Uh, just just remind the people that are listening in now. What class did you do again? Hey, I'm adding all well, middle height class I did at the mm-hmm. men's open bodybuilding. It's the one you won. <laughs> Yeah, you see, okay, so th- this is the thing. So again, I think it's, it's really interesting because there's, you know, everyone's always thinking about, okay, where do I fit? Where do I, you know, what class do I enter, et cetera. How did you make, make that decision? Did you, was you just really floating around that kind of, that kind of middle class or was you kind of? Because they did height based for the British, uh, my height was my height, but I was at the very, when I'd spoken to Andrew about it before, they weren't sure if they were going to do two heights or three heights, depending on the number of, uh, competitors mm. so the split with uh, three heights I was one of the shorter ones in the middle height class so at, at least with height though it's it's preset you know you can make yourself taller or shorter yeah. on the day yeah. so in terms of body weight is irrelevant you just got to go in and make yourself the best bodybuilder you can be uh, to try and be competitive in that class um, so yeah I said that's because one of the things that a lot of people that I talk to, because a lot of people just do multiple different federations and there's definitely different ways in which you can enter different classes. Some of them are height, some of them are weight. And yeah. it's kind of hard to kind of, if you're floating in between different federations to find yourself, okay, at the right point of, you know, what everyone's looking for, you know what I mean? So some people are looking for, okay, cool, you're going to be determined by, by the height. Some of them are going to be determined by your weight. And then before you know it, you, you've just done a whole season of mixed classes because there's yeah. different requirements, right? So did you feel like that, that, that using the height kind of worked to your advantage and kind of put you in the right place where you needed to be? Or would you have thought, okay, cool, the weight may be just a bit better because it might put me in a balanced class? It's a bit of both. I mean, the height was perfect for where I was at at that moment in the season. Um, it meant that I just focused on being the best bodybuilder I could be. Yes. You know, I didn't look at it and think, right, I need to drop X amount of weight. Or mm. if you're perhaps thinking, oh, I could maybe go in a little bit fuller because I've got a bit more weight I can give away. You know, it was just a case of forget about body weight. It's just all about how you look in the mirror. Mm. I think that's an interesting point that you raised there because I think a lot of people just really do kind of get distracted from the, the overall goal of just bringing the best version of you, right? If yeah. you're there determined by, okay, cool, I need to make this number. You're going to need to sacrifice something if you're not quite re- around that, that number, right? Whereas when you've got the height, your height, as you said, is your height, right? You can't do nothing else about that. But what you can bring alongside that is the best package that you can bring. That's to, exactly to bring yeah. So I think that's a great. And I'm, and I'm going to totally contradict myself soon enough once we start talking about the worlds. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, so obviously you've done the Supernaturals um, show, um, got an invite to go to Vegas. How did that invite come around? So, you know, you know t- tell us how it felt, you know, when you got the invite, so you accepting it and then you making plans for that. You know, it was not how you would picture it. <laughs> uh, on, tell us. And you I go. Mean, top three got an automatic invite to the Worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't finish top three at the British. I was fifth, I think. Yes, yeah, Steve Hall just beat me to the fourth spot, so I was fifth place. Didn't know that at the time. You know, I just knew I wasn't top three. Um, so I was a little bit disappointed with my own performance, to be honest, on the day. I thought I could have been, I, I knew I could have been better on the day. Mm-hmm. So I was a bit annoyed at my own performance. And it was, um, it was the next morning, 
obviously I'd had that night to kind of come to terms with not qualifying, not achieving my goal. Um, did the usual Instagram message post saying, ah, yeah, season's done, didn't quite do what I'd wanted to do, is what it is, you know, but it was an incredible middleweight or middle height class. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did say that in the post anyway, it was insane, the level of that class. I mean, 100%, man. Big, up, big up all the guys that was in that class, man. It, it was an epic lineup, man. Frightening. I said in the post as well, it was easily the strongest class I've been in as a bodybuilder, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yourself won the class, you went on to then win the overall, take your pro card. Uh, absolutely nailed it. Um, but it was the next morning, so I was at the buffet breakfast. <laughs> as you do post post show, right? Um, got a message on Instagram. It's Andy saying that they'd spoken to Bob from the WNBF, and they'd been given the green light to invite the top five from that class because it was such an exceptional class on the day. And my initial response was, "Nah, I was shit. I wasn't good enough. I don't deserve it. I'm not going." Hmm. So that was my initial mindset. Was that I wasn't good enough on the day. I'm not going to be good enough in the worlds. Yeah. It's only three weeks difference. That's it. So now nah, she said, thanks, but no thanks. Like, I appreciate it. Long drive back up to Scotland from Birmingham. Initially, we we're going to go for a takeaway that night. You know, the usual day after competition. Yeah, yeah. And I think I got to maybe 15 miles outside and I says to my wife, I said, can we maybe give the takeaway I missed tonight? And she just kind of looked at me and went, yeah, okay. <laughs> Obviously, she could see the cog going around in my head. Uh, had the discussion and I was like, this could be my only shot to ever compete at a world finals. Anything could happen in bodybuilding, could get injured, mm-hmm. just not be good enough next year round. And so I had a little look into it. I seen that it flipped to weight classes at the Worlds as well. Yeah. So basically 72 kilo was the cutoff for the lightweights. I thought, I'm 74 just now if I could drop two kilo and get into that lightweight class, mm-hmm. I'd be very competitive, I thought, in my, in my mind anyway. Um, so eventually I had the discussion with her, with her, say, my wife. <laughs> Ultimately, we'd agreed to go on a family holiday, so I needed her agreement to go to Vegas. So I said, right, we can make a full family holiday of it. Um, we'll stay for a few days afterwards. We'll do the competition. Basically, it's on you. You've sacrificed a lot for me this year. If you want to do this, we're doing it. If not, we'll go somewhere else. Um, so eventually we thought about it for ages. A sleepless night and everything. And uh, we decided to take the plunge and go for it. Uh, in hindsight, that's what best decision I've ever made. But nice. at the time, you know, I was in, it was the bodybuilder ego had taken a bit of a pounding because I didn't place top three at the British. You know, yeah. in my head, I'm like, I wasn't good enough. So I'm not going to be good enough in three weeks. But ultimately that dig I had to give to drop those two kilos to make it in at the lightweights made a massive difference to my physique. Huge, huge difference. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. So, guys, quick tip that he just gave you. Ask your missus permission. If <laughs> you're in a committed relationship, get the permission from the missus first. So, Martin, talk to us about a little bit of what you had to do to kind of get yourself ready for the Worlds because you said that you had to drop two kilos, right? So. Yep. What was the approach? You know, how did you plan it out and how did you make it happen, buddy? Uh, well, I say I dropped two kilos. Uh, I think it was a kilo and a half I had to drop. So I must have been 73 and a half. But in my head, I thought I need to be two kilo lighter mm-hmm. to be safe at that weight. You know how flying can affect your body weight and whatnot. 
Yes. Uh, weighing in early, didn't know weigh in times for the worlds, things like that. I thought I'd probably need to be a pound lighter than I thought I'd need to be just to be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, this year I have been working with a coach for the first time as well. So it was Peter McDougall who I've competed with numerous times before. Um, but he owns a gym, the weights room out in Canvas Lang near Glasgow. So that's where I've trained. I've known Peter for years. And he's agreed, he agreed this year to come on and take me on as a client and help me guide me through my prep. So having him as well has been invaluable in the sense of having a family as well. Mm-hmm. Every year up until then, I've done my own prep. But this time round, it, it allowed me the mental space to be a dad as well, think about other people, yeah. as opposed to just constant thinking about your diet, thinking about your own training, thinking about this, thinking about that. Uh, basically took me out of my own head a little bit. Nice. So I had, a, had a chat with him. We came up with a plan. Um, dropped my calories by, I think it was like, it wasn't anything drastic, maybe a couple of hundred a day, two to three hundred a day um, for the last three weeks. And adding in, all I'd done up to this stage was two or three hit, um, 10 minute hit cardio sessions per week. So I wasn't hammering cardio at any stage through prep. Yeah. So it gave me a lot left to give in that sense. So basically just hammered hit cardio and dropped my calories by a few hundred a day. And the weight just absolutely dropped off me after that. Wow. Wow. That's that's amazing. You just simply just made a small addition to kind of what you were doing. Nothing too too detrimental, you know what I mean? Just a small addition just made a huge difference and got you where you needed to get to Vegas, right? That's exactly it. And it's something I've always said to people that are looking to do a prep as well. Like, don't start by dropping your calories down to 2,500. Mm. You don't need to. If you drop body fat on 3,000 calories, eat 3,000 calories. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't give any more than you need to give at that time because you always need somewhere else to go. Yeah. And that's the thing. Everyone always thinks, okay, the go-to tools just drop the calories drastically and then, you know, the weight should just literally just drop, yeah. right? And you've got to think there's other ways of being sensible with your approach, right? Exactly. So that's go on. Prep's a long process as well. It's all mm-hmm. about seeing it through to the end of that process. Yeah. You maybe won't do that if you give absolutely everything in the first couple of months. Mm-hmm. You'll maybe be absolutely spent on the whole thing by halfway through. Yeah, no, man, that's a, that's a real invaluable insight there. And tell us about the Obviously, you said you've got a coach and stuff like that. Did you feel that, you know, that's something that everyone should pretty much kind of have an experience of? You know, as much as sometimes, you know, we might have the knowledge of kind of a health and fitness background, but then sometimes we might just want just the extra bit of help, um, you know, just to kind of take that that weight off and then we can just focus on the task in hand, right? Yeah, definitely. I think it's probably freed me up mentally more than anything else. You know, it's just taking me out of my own head a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I've said all my preps have been different, the two most similar were probably 20, uh, 2017 and 2018 were the two most similar. So I think in my head after that, I'm like, well, how am I going to make the next step? Yeah. If I'm perhaps repeating the same mistakes. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I, I agree, you know. So tell us about the, the world, man. How did it go down at the Worlds for you? Because obviously it was a, an amazing day for you, right? I was yeah, it's incredible. Proud. So yeah. So how, 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 did you, how did you feel on the day, buddy? Like, what, what was your thoughts amazing. going into that show? <laughs> what was your thoughts on the stage? And yeah, tell us all about the Worlds. Yeah, well, I've said to everybody since I came back as well, it's like an incredible setup for the Worlds. Um, the buzz, I was a bit annoyed that you had to stay in the, t- the venue hotel. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of looking at different hotels around about because I took my family. I thought, try and find ones a bit more family friendly. But part of the contractual thing is that you've got to stay in the venue hotel, which was sound. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad we did, though, because it was just as bodybuilding central in Vegas, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. 100%, man. It was the place to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you're walking around the foyer and there was just WMBF Spain, oh. <laughs> Indonesia, Canada, US, every country you can imagine. It was just bodybuilders from all walks of life. Yeah. Um, it, was a, it was an amazing environment and just an amazing atmosphere it created as well in the whole hotel. Indeed. Um, so obviously I had all that. So it was just an incredible atmosphere, professional setup. Yeah. Um, all the, the meetings so that all the athletes were on the same page. They knew where they had to be, knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in, I made it into the lightweight class. Um, I should probably follow up. So I weighed in about, it was in pounds. So I don't know the exact conversion with it, but I'm sure it was like 90, uh, 71.5 or something like that, 71 kilo, mm-hmm. um, which is where I was hoping to be with it. Um, so yeah, made it into the lightweight class. I was in the lineup with seven other competitors. Um, when I was on stage, it was probably the hardest I've had to work on stage. I was on there for a long time. Yeah, well, that's the thing with the WNBF. Um, they, they, they like to make guys work. Um, on the plane, I remember on my way over that I was looking at some of the YouTube videos and just thinking, man, look at the length of this video. And that's just a person in mandatory, you know what I mean? I was like, wow, they're going to make everyone work. <laughs> uh, yeah everyone certainly had to work anyway I mean one of the good things as well with being across is the part of the British team um, we did a bit of posing practice the day before uh, yes. obviously we were involved in that as well so we were able to stand at each other do a bit of posing that helped massively as well you know it just helps iron out a few tweaks with the poses that you might want to make and mm-hmm. um, also it, it brought me to mind of something Andrew told me months ago it was a breathing technique to stop my losing my abs basically through the, the posing. Um, so I was trying to do that while I was on stage and I yeah. found it kind of restricted my breathing a bit. It made me hold my abs much better. Yeah, yeah. But also meant I was gassed. I came, <laughs> off, I came off that stage, I was just gasping for breath. Man, I don't I don't know about you, but I'm telling you, backstage for me was a great experience as well. Just seeing all the, the different athletes from around the world, just all the different types of physiques. And sometimes we kind of lose track of what the rest of the world's doing because we're just so in our UK bubble, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. We're not thinking about what WMBF um, Spain are doing or WMBF Italy or, you know what I mean? We're just- I, I want to know what WMBF Spain is doing, man. They're incredible. <laughs> See that right. professional lineup, the the lightweights from from Spain were just insane. Yeah, I remember awesome. doing my weigh in, and um, obviously you took you into a room to do the weigh in. Yeah, and there was a Spanish boy with me, and he got stripped off to do his weigh in, and I just remember thinking, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, he was asked his class, and he was like, "Oh, lightweights," and I'm like, "Oh no!" <laughs> it was all professional lightweight. <sighs> Thank God for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this guy was insane. And I think he was the guy that went on to win the lightweight class that, yeah. that year. I can't remember his name, but I'm sure he won the lightweight class. I think that's one thing to point out to those that don't really that haven't really competed before. Sometimes you do go backstage and, you know, everyone's just keen to find out, okay, who's in my class, who's doing what kind of thing, especially then when you go to the weigh-ins and, and you, you know, you just literally, and they say the categories, you're like, oh, he's in my class, you know what I mean? Instantly we chuck that doubt in, but, you know, just go, you know, it's all about just going on stage and just rocking and having fun, that's right? That's exactly it. I mean, you'll know yourself when you do a British finals, 
as soon as you get that list in the morning and you see the names in your class, you know yeah. who's good. <laughs> you know what I mean, you look at the names and you're like, oh, he's good, he's good, he's good. Yeah. Whereas if you see those equivalent names in the world finals, you've not got a clue. hundred percent. Uh, I looked at the list. I was like, huh? Who, who, who's that? You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I was the exact same. I just looked at the list. And then I watched the pro class and I looked at my list and thought there's a lot of Spanish sounding names there. They could be, they could be good. <laughs> <laughs> so how did it feel when you was up there rocking the stage? Because obviously you had the whole, all of Team GB out in the crowd. You know, we was there just shouting on, go on, Martin, go on, Martin. Oh, that you know was I mean? amazing it feeling, man. Yeah. I mean, the venue itself, it was so busy, but the, the Team GB were they were loud, man. You guys were loud. <laughs> you put <laughs> so something behind having that team support and that behind you because it's something you never get as a bodybuilder. Yeah, 100%. And it must have been even more special for you having um, your missus and your little girl there, right? Because then that's a that's a moment that's going to be there forever, right? Absolutely. I mean, that was um, when I came off after a... Well, it's strange. I came off after winning my class and I wasn't allowed to leave because of the drug testing. <laughs> so I had to wait until the overall before I was allowed to go out and celebrate. So yeah. it was me and uh, it was Dirk who went on to win the overall. He was the bantamweight winner. We were locked in a room together, basically. We weren't allowed to leave. <laughs> um, but when I eventually got out to outside in the foyer, yeah. first thing, it was Andrew Chappelle came up to me and he just, congratulations, man, amazing. Your wife and daughter's outside, go celebrate with them and make sure and take photos of this moment. So that's something that always stuck in my head. So when I gave them a big hug um, and got a few photos and that together, which is just incredible. That's going to be uh, a, one, of things, one of my mates said to me as well that night. Um, he messaged me congratulating me and said, just remember as well, this is your girl Zara's first birth, uh, first holiday. It's your first family holiday together as three of you. So take plenty of photos because what a story this is in 10 years' time. Man, for real, he he hit it right on the nail in the head, right, man. What a story indeed, man. That was exactly. an epic moment, you know, that you're going to you all share together for the rest of your lives, you know what I mean? So talk to me about the, the drug testing, because obviously that's a little bit of insight for people as well. So obviously you went on to win your, your class, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you went on to then doing the overalls, but then you had to then do a, uh, a drug test, right? Yeah, well, I didn't actually... Uh done the polygraph test so every competitor of the world need, needs to do that and um, yeah. I didn't need to do my drug test in the end because I didn't okay. win a pro card okay cool so went into the overall the top three won the pro card yeah. uh, I didn't get into that top three so I didn't need to do the drug test but because okay. I've, I've had to do one yeah they couldn't let me leave the room ah so they just held you in the room just yeah, they just yeah. held me in the room until they uh, I mean you know, I, I wasn't prepared for this I wasn't expecting to go to <laughs> So I had no food, I had no water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was shouting on Andrew, who was in the pump-up room, to bring me grapes. <laughs> so he was like feeding me some grapes just so I had a bit of carbs in me. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's crazy, that's crazy. But man, you had an epic win at the Worlds, um, you know, from, from my perspective, for being in the crowd um, with Team GB and just seeing you up there, man, you rocked it hard. You look, you know, you look sharp as nails, man. Those quads... That you get the title Quadzilla, buddy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Guys, if you haven't seen this guy's stage pictures, go check out his Instagram because his Instagram's got them. His quads are next level. They just got sharper and sharper. I remember sitting in the crowd with Josh, um, Josh Gorgon, and we was just simply just saying, my gosh, this guy's got legs. We were just going, the more they kept moving you guys and working you harder, the sharper you looked and it just got better and better, buddy. So that was a well-deserved win. 
you know, hands down for you there, man. You know, that's something I've always found throughout bodybuilding. Everybody's always commented, the more I pose, the better I look. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's something that a lot of people maybe can underestimate in terms of how your physique can change just from time on stage. You yeah. know, just getting the blood flowing to the muscles where you want them to be and just flexing hard and posing hard and how much that can bring through your physique. Yeah. 100%. And I think, you know, sometimes, you know, I, th- I remember actually, I think it was the WMBF um, UK Supernatural show. One of the helpers around the back was saying to me, um, you know, don't pump up too hard because when you go on stage, you're going to work you, right? So yeah. you're pumping up too hard, then when you're going to get work through, it's going to be, you know, a bit, bit pointless. So just yeah. kind of, as they keep moving, you keep moving, pose hard, squeeze hard, and you know what? Your physique will push through. Exactly. And I think I remember speaking to um, one of the world, the judges at the Worlds, and she kept saying, like, you know, within the first 20 minutes, everyone's physique changed on stage, right? So because they kept working you, right? So yeah. again, there's a lot of value in, you know, keep working hard, keep posing hard, and your physique will change on stage, 100%. That's one of those, when you're talking about pumping up too hard as well, I mean... That's a mistake I've made. You've probably made it yourself. I think every experience bodybuilder has. See, when I first started, man, I was doing like a full gym session before I went on the stage. You know, you, you start hitting some poses and all of a sudden you're cramping in your lats. You can't squeeze your quads because you're going in a cramp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's a fine art trying to find out how to pump, how much to pump up. But yeah, I think that's, again, it's another part of that missing journey of, of prep and getting to stage, right? It's like, okay, when I get to this stage, what do I do? Because you got to remember at the Worlds or some shows, you ain't got your coach there anymore, yeah, right? Exactly. It's just you and the other lads. So if you see one guy pumping up hard, you're going to be thinking, oh, mate, he's going in hard. I may need to do that, right? But it's just finding the right balance of what's going to bring out the best in your physique when you hit the stage, right? And it's so easy to see somebody else in your class pumping up and thinking, should I be doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, am, am I waiting it too late? And yeah, yeah. a lot of places backstage as well, they don't have mirrors, so you can't really see how you're yeah. looking. That, that, that's one of the things I think a key takeaway for some people would be to kind of just make sure you have your resistance bands, uh, make sure you just know a few pump moves that you can do backstage. So just kind of work them into your routine leading into getting into the stage, right? And it will certainly help you when you get backstage. Some people bring their own dumbbells, right? Yeah. But there's not always dumbbells. No, no, no. I mean, there's very few federations will be able to carry and do a full gym set up backstage for you, you know. always As long as you're prepared in yourself, I mean, that's all you've got to worry about. 100%. So, my man, what's next for you, okay? You, you're chasing that pro card. Um, you're taking the off-season route for a little while. Tell us what, what what's the next stage for you. You know, a, a pro card isn't something that ever interested me as a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. It was possibly because I never ever thought I would be in that conversation okay um you know like and it's not something that i'd ever chased in any sense but this year in the overall of the worlds uh top three got a pro card having spoke to the uh, the judges afterwards they had me in fourth they said it was very tight between me and third it makes me want that pro card now <laughs> <laughs> because it was there i'm like right yeah that's that's an attainable target for me now so mm-hmm. ultimately that's going to be the end goal um but short-term goal i'm just going to try improve my physique bring on my shoulders and my upper body a little bit more yeah. uh, try and balance out those codes a bit um but ultimately i'll be taking a year out anyway uh, and then the target in the moment is 2023 but okay. i would say bodybuilding especially at an amateur level you know it's got to fit in your life at the time so yeah. basically i'll see where life is in a year's time and uh, if i'm ready to hammer and upright then 2023 is going to be the target 
Nice, man. I think it's, it sounds like you got it well thought out. And I'm glad the judges gave you that feedback that you needed to kind of get that bite and say, you know what? OK, I might just go for that pro card because, mate, I think that when you do get it, it'd be well deserved, buddy. Because I think you've really got a, a you know, a pro pro kind of physique there going on there, especially with that those legs, man, those quads. Guys, <laughs> this guy's quads. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I've got to have a shout out to, I said, my old boss, Mike. These yeah. quads are built by him, man. <laughs> when I first started training, honestly, I would vomit every single leg session for months. Okay, admittedly, lots of admittedly, my diet was crap at the time. Once my diet sorted out, I stopped vomiting. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, that was the level and the intensity we trained legs at, and it's something I've always carried through. Yeah, that's that's one thing for me. Like even when I train legs, man, I just love the intensity and the volume on legs, man. You just get yeah. the most out of it, right? So that's all good. Yeah. So that's all good on that one. So, buddy, what advice would you give to anyone, um, you know, thinking about stepping on stage, um, you know, currently going through their second prep, but still a bit unsure of where to, what to do and stuff like that? What advice would come from Martin Lamont? Come on, give us it. It's hard to put it in a single sound bit for this, to be honest. I mean, anybody that's looking to do their first prep, mm-hmm. my advice would be make sure you want to do it. You know, it's going to be tough. You've got to really want it or you're not going to see it through. There's so many people start a prep or every year they're always, this is going to be the year. You know the type? Every year, this is the year I'm going to compete. And then they'll die for three months and think, nah, I'll do it next year. But they'll justify it in their head that they need time to get better. They don't. They just don't want it enough to go through what they need to go through to get there. For anybody that's maybe competed two or three years, I mean, Basically, you will get, everyone gets better every year. That's what you've got to focus on, just improving your physique every year. And eventually you will get the rewards. I mean, if you're going at your first or second season and expecting to be in the conversation for British titles, I mean, that's not bodybuilding as a sport. I mean, you've got freaks like Dirk who won the overall in his first year at the World Finals. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is the, he's the exception. He's not the rule. You know, for the vast majority of people, bodybuilding is a sport about perseverance almost. You know, every year you will get better. If you focus on just making yourself a better bodybuilder, eventually you will get to the point where you want to be. Yeah, no, that's, that's a sound advice there, buddy. And, I, I, you know, I echo that as well. So, Martin, thank you so much for coming on today's um, show, buddy. It's been a pleasure talking to you, finding out a little bit more about who Martin Lamont is, where you come from, where you're going to go next, and just hearing the highs and the lows, buddy. It's been an absolute pleasure. But before you disappear, Martin, let the people know where they can find you on the social medias. What's your handles, buddy? Um, Mainly I'm through Instagram at the moment. It's uh, martin.lamont.fitness. I'm probably not as active as many people will be on that. Probably showing my age a little bit. I'm a little bit beyond the uh, social media age on that. But yeah, yeah martin.lamont.fitness on Instagram is probably the best place to get me. Nice. So guys, make sure you follow him and, and give those, those quad pictures a like, man, because they certainly deserve those likes, guys. Now, guys, I just want to big up our main sponsor, CMP Nutrition. Can't forget the main sponsors, those guys there. And just remember the WMBF UK for 2022, we've got two shows lined up, okay? So we've got the first time as in a novice one, okay? That is going to be in July, and that's on the 17th of July. So guys, if you're a first-timer, 
um, and you're a novice and you, you just want to get into kind of getting just, you know, just getting on stage and feeling it out and just testing the waters and getting some great feedback, that would be an ideal show for you. Then we've got the big one on the 9th of uh, October, um, which is the Supernatural show. So, guys, that's going to be an epic shutdown shop shop. Um, so just make sure if you want to join that one, you sign up for that one as well. Okay, so lots of opportunity with the WMBF UK. So don't waste the time. Plan ahead, hit the ground and make it happen. Correct, Martin? Absolutely. I'm looking forward to being a part of the WMBF. Hey. As a uh, hand helping out. Same here, buddy. Um, you know, I just can't wait to see the level of talent. I can already see it coming through with a WMBF UK um, hashtag. That's on Instagram. If you're following that, you'll certainly see the level. The Naturals is insane. I think the second one's going to be even better. Man, it's going to be epic, epic. So, guys, just remember that you can follow the WMBF UK on Instagram and also on YouTube. Um, and also join the community on Facebook as well. So that's where we could discuss the various different shows, any questions you may have. Um, and just shout out us, all right? So thank you for tuning into the WMBF UK podcast. My name is Leon Mitchell, and this guy here is Martin Lamont, and thanks for watching. All right. <laughs>